Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I'm so excited that you're with us today. And as I record this podcast, we're still putting our home together after Hurricane Ian because we had some leaking in the bottom of our family room, which spread and wet the carpet. So we had to pull it up and dry it. And that is just one of the joys of living in a place where you get hurricanes. But for me, I am so used to hurricanes. I The first hurricane that I remember is way back when I was three years old, and I'm 60 now, so you know that's a long time ago. And this hurricane, we lived in a trailer at the time. I was the oldest. Uh, my dad was in school. And so when the hurricane was coming through, of course, being in a trailer, we had to evacuate. And we had a friend who managed an apartment complex, and he managed to let us just rent that apartment for a few days. And so we stayed there. When we came back to see our house, our little trailer, which was six feet above the ground, really sturdy, it had survived with minor damage. But the flooding in the trailer park for our trailer was up over the bottom of the trailer, almost to the window. So we, of course, had had to go visit the trailer in a boat because, you know, the water was so high. So that was kind of my first introduction to hurricanes. So I grew up in Florida. I grew up thinking, okay, hurricanes are just part of life. And uh, so here I am, I'm 60, I just weathered another one. And I am going to talk about how to make hurricanes a learning experience for your family. Because that's what we did when my children were young. And that's what my children do with my grandchildren. They teach them. There's so much to learn. And because it's happening, it's like one of those teachable moments when things are going on. So I remember back in 2004, my friend Laura and I were having a homeschool co-op and we were thinking we had both been through hurricanes and they weren't really a big deal to us. And we, we live inland and we were planning out the whole floor. We were doing a Florida unit study. And so we planned out the whole Florida unit study. And then we realized, wow, we're studying hurricanes in November, um, it would be really neat if the hurricanes, a small hurricane came through. So this was in like May. We prayed that the Lord would bring a small hurricane through. Well, that was a big mistake because you know how the Lord always does exceedingly more than all you ask or imagine. That year we got Charlie and we got um well, first we got Francis, then Charlie, then um, Ivan, and then Jeannie. And oh my goodness, wow, all of us were affected. We lost electricity, our home. That, that was the only other time that our home flooded. Um, we, you know, we made it through Charlie, we made it through Francis, but 
um, I think it was Jeannie just came through and she was so slow and she had so much rain. And um, so I remember back in the day, like ripping up the carpet, trying it out, moving furniture out. And it was just and then going through and um, after Charlie, there was just devastation everywhere. And you could see like huge trees that had been standing for hundreds of years were down. Power lines were down. It It was a really devastating hurricane. So. Our husband said to us, you may never pray for a hurricane again. And we have not. We have not prayed for a hurricane again. Um, but this year, you know, when Ian came through, um, you know, our husbands asked us, Laura and I, did you pray for a hurricane again? And we said, no, we did not. But Ian came through. Ian just um, hit us. And I don't know. You might be listening to this years from now. So this is 2022 in October and we just experienced Hurricane Ian, which they are saying caused the worst devastation ever to Florida because it was two things. It was a strong category five hurricane when it made landfall. And secondly, it was so large and slow. And those storms are really bad for flooding. They're really bad for storm surge because as the storm moves very slowly across the state, it is bringing just torrential rains. And so those rains fill up the lakes, they fill up the reservoirs, they fill up the rivers, they fill up the ocean and there's overflow and flooding. And so that is, you know, that affected us. We have not had flooding with all the other hurricanes between Charlie um, and Ian, but here we have it again. So what um, I want to talk about is if you live in a hurricane prone area, or maybe you're moving to a hurricane prone area, then how can you make going through a hurricane, a teachable moment, a time when your children learn life skills, as well as geography, science. Um, there's just so much to learn. And so one of the things that we, um, what uh, first I want to reassure you, if you're listening to this because you've just moved to a hurricane-prone area and you're thinking, oh, no, this is terrible. First of all, the one thing about a hurricane is you have plenty of warning. Now, they can be a little bit unpredictable. Ian was supposed to hit... Um, around the Tampa area, and it ended up veering uh, much further south, which was such a blessing in a way because the Tampa Bay, who knows, that flooding over um, the way they had it down south, what, I mean, it was already terrible. There's just, you know, the devastation was too much. But the thing with the hurricane is you have a lot of warning. And so if you're within the cone, of predictability, you can know um, way ahead of time if you need to get out. You can know way ahead of time how much preparation you need to make. So that is the one thing about a hurricane. Yes, they are really extreme weather. They do can potentially cause a lot of damage. Most hurricanes are rather small um, and cause less damage, but the big ones, of course, get all the attention. Um, but the, like I said, the great thing is there is so much time. Um, it's not sudden like an earthquake. It's not sudden like a volcano. It's not sudden like a tornado. So 
we are going to talk about. So you find out there's a hurricane coming. And first of all, the one thing you should know is that hurricane season lasts from June to November. So if you live in a place where, like we do, where we get a lot of hurricanes, this is considered our rainy season from June to November, but it's also our hurricane season. So if you visit Disney World in the middle of the summer, you're most likely going to get a thunderstorm around three o'clock in the afternoon. Those thunderstorms move across our state. Our state is a peninsula surrounded by water. So we do get a lot of interesting weather possibilities. When hurricane season starts, this is life skill time. The first thing you can do with your children is to check all your hurricane supplies. Now, the reason I say this is because most people don't do that. They wait until a storm is coming and then the stores are selling out of batteries, selling out of waters and things like that. So we have a little hurricane kit. It has some lanterns in it. It has some... Um, we keep candles in a separate place, but the hurricane kit has lanterns. It has a special weather radio that runs on batteries. You can also buy hand cranked radios. So it has this um, radio where you can hear if the electricity goes out, you can follow what's going on. Then the other thing is we have uh, batteries, backups of batteries and flashlights. So we have lanterns, flashlights, batteries, and all those things are really important if your electricity goes out, especially for the night. So what we do, and we also keep a supply of towels that we use for mopping up. So our older towels, first we start with the rag towels, then we move to the older towels. So we make sure all that stuff is just accessible, not out in the middle of our house, but just accessible. The battery supply is up to date. The flashlights all work. That's something we just do at the beginning of hurricane season. And that's a good life skill for people to know. So now a hurricane is coming. As soon as you know it's possibly coming, then you can start with stocking up on supplies. Now, what we do when a hurricane is coming is we prepare to cook our food on the grill. We have a charcoal grill. We used to have a gas grill, propane, so we would get propane gas. We'd make sure we had enough. So if a hurricane is coming, we make sure we have enough charcoal. And then we pick up water, a good um way to handle the water is one gallon of water per person times three or four. So when there were nine people in my house, that would be nine times four is 36 gallons of water. You cannot get that at the last minute. So the minute you know a hurricane is coming, you have to go start buying water. That's a lot of water when you have a really big family. But then right now we're just down to four people living in our house. So four times four is 16, still a lot of water, but not as bad. Um, or four times three, 12, 12 gallons of water. One thing that's really essential to me if I lose electricity is to have my coffee. So I have, um, you can get a French press. You can get one of those, I call them cowboy coffee pots, where you can actually make coffee on the grill, camping coffee pots. So those 
are important to me. Some people would say, oh, I don't care about coffee. But when everything is closed and you have no electricity, that's kind of a blessing. So what we do for food to keep on hand through hurricane is we only buy food that we'll eat. So we don't go buy things like canned ravioli because we don't really necessarily like that a lot. So we're not going to eat it. We would eat it in an emergency, but if we don't need the food, then we end up having to throw it away. So we buy things like tuna, soups, chicken. You can buy canned chicken. You can buy canned vegetables. And when the hurricane is over, if we don't use all the vegetables, I can make a big pot of soup. We buy dried fruits and, like, dried meat, like beef jerky and stuff. Bread, peanut butter, and honey. You can literally live on peanut butter and honey sandwiches, and they don't have to be refrigerated. My kids prefer fluff, so I'm just being honest. (laughs) Um, And then for snacks, we get nuts, granola bars, crackers, and, uh, again, being honest, chips. So that's the supplies that we gather as the storm is coming in, and we make sure that we are not in that last-minute rush to go get supplies. So the hurricane is on its way. You're teaching children these life skills of hurricane preparation. First, you get your supplies, and then you go throughout your yard and you remove any outside furniture, potted plants, decorations, benches, patio tables, all of that we put in our garage. And here's why. When winds are coming through at 100 miles an hour, they can pick up anything and make it a projectile. Like this last hurricane, we saw that the people people nearby had not brought in any of their outside furniture. And we knew that it, Ian was coming in very strongly. So we boarded up the windows that could have been hit by them. We didn't board up all our windows because we're very far inland, but we did board up quite a few. And the main reason for this hurricane was to stop projectiles. But for most hurricanes, it's to prevent the wind from breaking the windows if a, if a hurricane is really strong. So boarding the windows is definitely a skill, and that's something that my kids enjoy doing with their dad when Hurricane Charlie came. That was back when it was, you know, really popular to say, make my day. So we, you know, spray painted make my day on the boards and, you know, just to be silly. And another, we put Jesus reigns over this house, you know, just to remind ourselves that God is protecting us. So another thing that we do in preparing for hurricane, and this is super important. I didn't realize people didn't do it because, again, I just grew up where you, um, you deal with hurricanes on a regular basis. So we always clean out the tub really well, rinse it out really well, and then fill it with water. We only do one tub. We have several bathrooms, but we only do one tub. And the reason we do that is because sometimes water pipes can burst and then people don't have water. They shut off the water and you need that water to flush the toilet, or you might need water to wash dishes or things like that. So You know, most hurricanes, after they come through, we just empty that tub of water. But it's always a good safety net to have it because unusual things do happen with hurricanes. So there you have it. Now you are all prepared for the hurricane. And if you have a generator, you want to make sure your generator works. 
But you have to remember this. Um, one of the biggest causes of death in a hurricane is misuse of a generator. So if you have a generator, it cannot be in the house. It has to be outside and at least um, it's either 20 or 40 feet from the house. So don't make a mistake of, you know, putting toxic fumes in your house. So you have your whole house ready, and now it's time to check on other people. If you do this all early, you have time to. My husband often would take the kids and go board up elderly, sickly widows, their windows, and get help them get ready for the hurricane. Because sometimes we buy extra water, and then we pass it out to people who don't have water yet. So that's uh, really a blessing to be able to do that. Another thing is when you're getting ready for a hurricane, the big question on everyone's mind is, should you evacuate? Here's the bottom line. This is always true in a hurricane. Even some tropical storms, I would say this would hold true for tropical storms as well. Do you live in a low-lying area prone to flooding? Are you near an ocean or a bay? Do you live in a trailer? If the answer is yes to any of those, yes, you need to evacuate. If a hurricane possibly might come through, you need to evacuate. And if you live in a low-lying area, if you live near the ocean, like you may have a beautiful house on the ocean, if you live in a trailer, you should have an ongoing backup plan. For example, we have friends that live in a trailer and they know they can always come and stay with us during a hurricane. So they don't have to think, where can we go? They can always just come and stay with us. Um, always go when you're evacuating to higher ground and inland. Don't, okay, so the reason I say this is because several people with Hurricane Ian, Ian was supposed to hit the coast. And so what they did is they went down to Fort Myers thinking that's about two hours away. We'll be safe there. Well, you can never trust a hurricane. A hurricane doesn't do what the weathermen say. So it veered south and they all got hit. So they left their homes, they left the safety and they got hit. So taking, evacuating to the coast, not a good idea, especially if it, if, if it's, you know, within two hours away. The best idea would be to go inland. A lot of people come inland into Orlando, into Kissimmee, into where we live, which is the Sanford Lake Mary area. A lot of people come inland into those areas because a hurricane slow down once they make landfall. They slow down as they move in. So, um, that is just as far as evacuating, it would be something good to talk to your children about. We're evacuating or we're not evacuating, and this is why. Okay, um, now here comes the science and geography part. Hurricanes are a great time to learn about this extreme weather situation. A hurricane is actually a tropical cyclone, and what I mean by that is a hurricane forms tropical it forms in tropical waters, and it it begins with this, it begins spinning, and it ends up creating this center core that has a lower pressure, and then all these high pressure 
thunderstorms are rotating around it. So that's called a tropical cyclone. Now, a milder one is a tropical depression. When it gets a little stronger, it's a tropical storm. And once it reaches winds of 75 miles an hour, it's a hurricane. Hurricanes are in categories. Category one hurricane starts at 75 miles an hour. Category two hurricanes start at 96. Category three at 111. Category four at 130. And category five is anything above 157 miles per hour. When you're talking a category one, those winds are really strong. You don't want to be out in those winds. When you're talking a category five, 157 miles an hour, that is a lot of wind strength. So the winds are really powerful in a hurricane and the higher the category, the stronger the winds. But another thing to think about is the eye and then the surrounding high pressure thunderstorms. You want to look at your hurricane and see how big it is. One thing that Ian caused so much damage is because Ian was so slow and so big. If you looked at Ian, you could see that part of Ian was on the West Coast and part of Ian was on the East Coast. That's how big Ian was. So when Ian came through, he dropped a lot of rain. Now, yes, the winds can cause death. If you're ever out in a hurricane, which you shouldn't be, the winds can cause death. But most deaths come from flooding and what they call storm surge. So when you're talking to your children, you can talk to them about a hurricane comes through. And what's kind of interesting is this low pressure eye very still. So when you ever are in the eye of a hurricane, when the eye comes across, it's just still. There's no rain. It's really quiet. And depending on how slow the eye moves through, you're thinking, oh, wow, this might be over. No, because then the rest of the hurricane comes through. So you never want to go outside during the eye of a storm. But um, when you're thinking, when you're looking at a hurricane, you look how big it is, you look how fast the winds are moving, and then you talk to your children about storm surge. So realize all these thunderstorms, it's tons and tons of rain. And so the slower a storm moves, the more rain you're going to get. And the bigger a storm is, the more rain you're going to get. So the rain fills up all the rivers, all the lakes. It fills up the ocean, and there's overflow, and there's flooding. And um, so you might, when I was a little girl, I was in a hurricane, and our streets were flooded for a week. So to get out of our street, we were in boats paddling down our street. This was not the country, folks. This was suburbia, USA. So Florida is very low-lying, so we flood very, very easily. I saw pictures of Sanibel where the whole island was virtually underwater. And that is something that you, if you live on an island, I should have said, too, you want to evacuate. You definitely want to evacuate. You know, you can teach your children that hurricanes are these large, swirling storms, they produce winds of 75 miles an hour. But remember the term swirling. You see pictures of hurricanes, but they're misleading because 
this the eye is still but there's this swirling thunderstorms all around it one thing that children really love to do is track the storm and you can get in the resources part of my show notes this is by the way this is episode 171 i give you a link to the national hurricane center and you can get free tracking maps so that link is there another resource i give you to teach your kids is there's a a really neat the florida health department has a neat pdf on the storms of 2004 they really impact the health of people because of the stress but also just because of all that magnetic energy in the air so those are resources that you can look for i love the national hurricane center because you can virtually find out anything so that's a great place to visit it's nhc.noaa.gov but again it's in my show notes you can visit that website quite a bit before the hurricane starts so you're going to want to let your children track the storms and then talk about hurricane names what's the name of this hurricane what's its track where has it been so far has it been predictable how big is it is it a stable hurricane and how big is the cone of predictability. So the cone of predictability was all these different scientists predict where the storm will go. And that they have this wide cone. If you're in that cone, the chances are good that you could be hit by the hurricane. So never say, oh, well, I'm not in the center of the cone, so we don't have to worry. If you're in the cone of predictability, the chances of being hit by the storm are likely. You can talk with your children about how hurricanes form and how they move and how the pressure systems cause them to move in different directions and why hurricanes often spin off tornadoes. We, in 2004, we had a lot of tornadoes that spun off of Charlie, and that was really surprising because you don't hear a lot of, of about really damaging hurricanes, uh, tornadoes where I live, but it it spun off some really bad ones. And then again, when you watch the weather reports on the news, the meteorologists share so much good information. And you can watch, you know, maybe 10 minutes of the weatherman because they'll go on about how hurricanes work and this low pressure system and that low pressure system. And they'll talk a lot about the particular storm that is heading your way. So you can watch that for 10 or 15 minutes and then talk about it and draw pictures I was getting ready for this podcast and I was looking for a picture to use for the the button, the show button, and I came across some pictures that the kids had drawn after Hurricane Charlie and just showing the hurricane hitting Florida. So they all drew a map of Florida and then they drew the hurricane on top and there were some really cute pictures. So art, you can also bring in art with that. After a hurricane comes through your area, stay inside. The day after hurricane, emergency people, personnel go throughout your city. They're looking for down power lines. They're looking for bursted water pipes. It's really not a good idea to go out unless you absolutely have to. A friend of mine went out to go check on someone. Such loving intentions ended up driving on a road. This happened last week. And She got there fine, but on the way home, the other side of the road was more flooded. 
And so because she had gotten there on the other side, she thought she could get through the water on this side. Well, it flooded her engine. It destroyed her car. She's having to buy a new van. And when they opened the door to push it, water filled the van. So you just, you can't always tell how deep the waters are after a hurricane. So again, it's best to stay inside and, you know, not, not trust that all the roads are safe yet. Again, like I said before, most deaths, hurricane deaths come because of the storm surge or the flooding. After things settle down, we always like to take time to clean up the debris in the yard. And there's another life skill, you know, gathering up all the down tree limbs. Ian meant that I don't have to call the palm tree guy to climb up to my 20-foot palm tree and cut off the dead limbs. Um, but that is, there's a lot, you know, and I was driving to the Y the other day and I saw this one yard I passed and the whole front yard was filled six feet deep with debris from their yard. They must have lost some really nice trees. And I just, but that's, that's part of the life skill, uh, is learning to clean up the debris and get it ready for the garbage men to come by and then return all your outside furniture. And unboard the windows. And that's nice when the light comes back in your house after you've been boarded up. And, of course, check for flooding, leaking damage. We discovered our leaking. Um, I was already in bed, and my husband was still working on some stuff. So I thought, wow, that's weird. He hasn't come down. So I came down the stairs, and there, um, there I noticed what's going on, all the furniture you know, not all of it, but some of it is moved and the rug is pulled back. And so it turned out that we had had some leaking. So we had to, together, we moved all the furniture and stopped up, you know, kept going through towels and um, had to run the next, the wet dry back the next day. Look for leaking. Sometimes you can see it while the hurricane's happening, but sometimes you don't notice any damage until afterward. Well, if you're without power, it's such a great time to play board games, to talk, preserve your phone batteries. You know, so often in our culture right now, we live on the phone. And I just had some kids, I teach online, and I had some kids talking about a weathering Ian, the Hurricane Ian, and how they spent a lot of time playing games. They had a lot of fun as a family. So it can really be a reconnecting time for your family. And then help others. Our family went up after Hurricane Charlie. There had been some tornadoes. So our whole family went up to this thrift store. Uh, not not a thrift store because they, they gave things away to the community, the poor community. And we, we got, there were so many donations after people heard about the tornadoes, but they were just in all these bags. So our family went in with another family and we sorted all of the clothes so that the people who had been hit by the tornadoes could come in and grab whatever they needed. But they they didn't have to sort through all the clothes. They were all divided up so they could easily get them. Another thing we did is we cooked a meal for a family whose electricity had gone out just recently. They're, they were without power and we had our power. So we cooked them a dinner. And then help the elderly get resettled. Now, a lot of times storms are hard for the elderly because they don't have the physical strength to put things back in place or, you know, it can be scary. So taking care of the elderly is and and 
widows is is really important, not just before the storm, but after. So um, now I have talked to you all about a hurricane, how to use it as a learning experience before, during, after. Always learning about hurricanes can lead to rabbit trails. Who are the rescue people? Um, we saw a lot of traumatic rescues after Ian where people were, were in in homes under six feet of water and they were, you know, maybe hanging out on the roof or the second floor. Well, we saw on the roof in Katrina and dive people had to go in on boats, um, rescue these people. And then I saw one woman being rescued where they put her in a helicopter basket with her cat. She was holding her cat and right up to the helicopter. And I thought, oh, that would be so scary. Which would be scarier, being flooded in the trailer or being lifted up in the air with your cat? I don't know. But um so there are these rescue people that go out in boats. They go out in helicopters. They go out um on foot in vehicles. And they are rescuing, finding people that you know, chose to ride out the storm and now they are, they're trapped. And so another neat uh, rabbit trail is the Army Corps of Engineers. The whole bridge between the mainland and Sanibel Island was cut off. So who came in? The Army Corps of Engineers, and they are just amazing. They can build anything and restore anything. Within a couple of days, they had a brand new temporary bridge. So they're just kudos to them. They're really awesome. Um, private charities, churches, um, FEMA, opportunities to serve. All of those are rabbit trails that you can go off to. I know CBN has Operation Blessing. They do so much. Um, Franklin Graham's um, Good Samaritan, Samaritan's Purse, they've been down here. So many private charities do so much. They're unsung heroes, and they're fun to learn about how they were founded, what they do. Um, and then... This is another rabbit trail for your more business-minded um, children. How do how does flood and home insurance work? That's kind of interesting, what it pays and what it doesn't, and um, why you need flood and home insurance if you're in a flood area. So very interesting stuff um, that you can go off on a rabbit trail for. And I have really enjoyed talking about this. Hurricanes are... Um, something that I've been through so much, and it is a great learning experience. It, it it can be a tragedy, and that's why if you prepare, if you get ready, if you teach your children these life skills and what what a hurricane is and how to prepare for it and how to recover from it, it can just be a really effective learning experience. And after just going through this hurricane in our state, I've been so, so thankful for our governor and the way he just managed everything so that when the storm was over, he had the, the trucks on the ground. They were ready to go in to restore electricity. He had people in the air for rescue, people on boats for rescue, and that just really turned out to be such a blessing. So... I pray and hope that you will be hurricane-free, storm-free, um, national natural disaster-free. But should you encounter a hurricane, you can use it as a learning experience for you and your family. God bless you. See you next time.
Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.